going to be learning Lekutzi Sichas Chelek Tezayin, the second Sich of Parshas Tetzava. This is a fantastic Sicha, and um, a lot easier than the ones we've been learning the past few weeks. Um, and this week's Parsha discusses the eight different types of clothing that the Kohen Gadol wore, one of them being the Me'il, which is translated as a robe. And specifically, it's talking about the, on the bottom of the robe, by the hem, there were these blue pomegranates and gold, uh, gold, golden bells. So there's a machlekes between Rashi and Ramban, how they looked. So the pictures that you usually see of the Kaingadal is like Rashi, where you would see a, uh, you see the blue pomegranate, and then right next to it would be a golden bell, and then next to that would be a blue pomegranate, and then next to it would be the golden bell going around the entire hem of the meal. The Ramban's chat, though, is that the, that the pomegranate was actually like a cover for the bell. So when if you'd be looking at the uh, me'il, what you'd see is you'd basically just be seeing the a blue pomegranate. And on the bottom of it, you'd see like a little bit of gold, like sticking out because the bell was inserted into that little pocket of the pomegranate. And uh, the clapper, you know, you'd hear the noise. And you could see just the bottom of it, the area which would be sticking out of this uh, pomegranate. So we're going to be discussing over here, um, really up yanim. But also explain uh, the difference between the Pshad of the Rashi and the Ramban. Because the Ramban has a question on Rashi, which is really a question, so therefore the answer will also be So Sif Aleph. Regarding the Me'il, the Pasuk says that you should make on its hem blue pomegranates. On its um, all around its hem, you should have um, golden pomegranates and you, uh, sorry, golden bells within them, uh, all around. So it says zav You have golden um, bells within them. So this seems like the pshat of the Ramban, right? You have golden, uh, golden things within them. That seems like the Ramban saying. Rashi is going to have to say that the word betoicha means beneim between them, and just to maybe give a little more details, just to make it more interesting that this is really the source of the Ramban, this Pasuk, because it says the word Batecham. But if you look at the next Pasuk, it says, Pamoin Zav Rimon, Pamoin Zav Rimon. It says a golden, um, a golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate, which that implies that they were next to each other. So that's really the source of Rashi, that's implying that one would be right following each other. So each one has their Pasuk really what they're basing their Pshat on. And each one kind of has to answer the other ones. Rashi has to say Batecham means between them. And Ramban will have to say when it says Pamein Zav Rimain, you have to read it like as a unit. A golden bell and the, and the pomegranate, but the golden bell is within that pomegranate, and then another golden bell within a pomegranate completely surrounding the ham. But either way, those are the two ways of learning. So Pirish Rashi, Sha'afshur Amainim Hayogulim Vachalulim. So Rashi explains that even though these pomegranates were round and they were hollow, Makalmakim Shata Kasiv, a Pamein Zav Batechim Hu. The pshat is not that the golden bells were found within the hollow of the pomegranate. Rather, it was between them, all around. Between the two pomegranates, there was one bell which was attached and hanging um, from the hem of the me'il. So Rashi himself bevorns that l'chaira, even al pipshat, without the pasuk, it makes sense what the Ramban's saying. Because since the remind was hollow, why would it be hollow? Logic would dictate it's hollow because you're putting something inside of it. So Rashi says that is incorrect. Even though it was hollow, 
there was nothing inside of it. Rather, the bell was put right next to it. So the Ramban asks like this. According to Rashi, the bells didn't have any purpose. Didn't, they didn't actually have any, uh, uh, any avoider that was being done with them or any type of um, usage. If they were only made for beauty, then why were they made like hollow pomegranates? They should have made them like golden apples. So the Ramban is saying like this, according to Rashi, that he's saying there's one between the others, that means there was a hollow pomegranate there, which didn't actually have any, didn't do anything. So if you're, so what would be the purpose of it? So according to the Ramban, it makes sense because it was used as the cover for the bell. According to Rashi, what's the purpose? So the only option you could say is it must have been there for beauty. Didn't Taka didn't have any purpose, but it's for beauty. It's, it's artistic design. He says, but if it's for artistic design, then you should have put in golden bells. Why would you put in blue pomegranates? So the Re'em answers that I don't know why the Ramban thinks that apples are better than pomegranates. Uh, meaning he doesn't even understand the question. He's saying if it's for beauty... For whatever reason, Hashem chose for this beautiful uh, artistic design that it should be pomegranates. So, what's your question, the Ramban? Why is it like why pomegranates? It should have been apples. Uh, you know, if it would have been apples, you could have asked the other the question the other way around. Therefore, he doesn't really understand the question. So, Mafarshim explained that the question the Ramban is really regarding the word chalulim, that they were hollow pomegranates. He's saying, since these pomegranates were hanging hollow um, and there was no bell inside of them, why were they made hollow? So according to this, this is how you'd read the question of the Ramban. Why were you making them as hollow pomegranates? You should make them like golden apples, which are sealed on the bottom. That's like the idea. It's not so much that it's an apple that's not his question. The question is, why are you making them hollow? You should make them like um, apples, which were uh, something which was sealed. And as the Rebbe points out on the bottom, that it could be that in those days, that, uh, that the design of pomegranates were always made hollow, while the design of apples were made something which was sealed. So the question is, why make these hollow ones? You should have just made apples, which were a sealed type of uh, design. Abaladavra, any moving? He said, but still, it's not understood. If the question of the Ramban is only regarding this detail of Cholulim, why does he mention all the idea of golden apples? All he needed to say was, um, why were they made hollow? And you cut out the, all those extra words of Yasin Kamin Tabuchizav. You can cut out the word to remind him. Lama Hayasuyim Chalulim. Why were they made empty? Why add all those details? So the, the Rebbe gives an answer in R9. Vula Yeshleimar. Ki Tachshitim Ed Musmaminim Yemeim Hayasum Chalulim. Mash Enkim Tabuchim. You could answer that the Tachshitim in their days were made as pomegranates, um, which were always made hollow. Mash Enkim Tabuchim, which were sealed. And therefore, the Ramban, in a sense, mentions this word tapuchim because he's trying to give you, you know, like a concrete example. And therefore, the Re'im asks on the Ramban, why is the Ramban choosing a, 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 
a covered tachshit, uh, like an apple, maybe it should be a hollow, not covered, sorry, a filled tachshit. Uh, maybe it should just be remaining, which is hollow. But still, this is not so smooth. He said, still, but the question is not really completely answered because all he needed to say is, why are you making them as hollow reminim? Cut out the whole idea of apples, and the question is still very clear. So in, just to say in short what we've had so far in the Sif, we've brought the Pirish of Rashi, that Rashi says the reminim were hollow, but nonetheless, the bells were not put into them, rather they were put next to them. So the Ramban says, since they didn't have any purpose, they must have only been there for beauty. And if they're there for beauty, it should have been golden apples. And the, the question then is, why is golden apples any better than pomegranates? Sif base. So l'chayra efshel l'hazbrizai. So maybe we can answer it like this. But zinu shebebenayra hayu we find in the menorah that it also had designs on it, which the purpose of the design was only for beauty. They had these goblets, they had these kaftayrim, um, the kaftayrim are translated as globes, parachim, they had flowers, and the, he says the kaftayrim look like apples. So the question is, since Rashi holds that the purpose of these Ramayim were for beauty, then they should have been apples just like, the, just like by the Menorah. Why change it? So therefore the Ramban saying, it must have been not because of the idea of beauty. It must have been because the Ramayim, I guess, were designed, as we said, hollow, and it had a practical purpose. So that's what the Ramban would say. This itself needs a clarification. Why is beauty connected to apples itself? Meaning, as we're saying, it should have been apples. Why? Because in the menorah it was apples. So that Why by the menorah was it apples? Why is there a special beauty in apples that the menorah was made that way? And therefore we're saying that it should have been that way, according to Rashi, also by Me'il. And Beis, Ladas Rashi, Mahu and the second question is, why according to Rashi were their Ramonim uh, for beauty by the meal, and by the Menorah they had specifically apples? So those are the questions of the Sicha, and now we're going, Seth is going to discuss what the purpose of the um, bells were, and after we discuss the purposes of the bells, uh, uh, then we can get back to these questions. Regarding the purpose of these bells, the Pasuk tells us that the sound of the bells will be heard when, Moish, when Aaron would come to the Kodesh. And it was so important for him to have these bells, which were making this noise when he came to the Kodesh, that the Pasuk tells us that through Nishma Kailai, <coughs> he was guaranteed that he would not die which Rashi tells us that from the lab that he won't die if he has the bells, we could hear, in a sense, the hain, what might happen. Hain as the yes, as if he does not have the bells, then he would die. So we see the importance of having the bells, that he needed to have the bells, and if he was lacking those bells when he came to do the Avaita and the Kaidish, he would actually be Chayev uh, Misa. I think B'day Shemayim. B'day Shemayim, I believe. 
B'tzarech Lahav. You know what? That actually would be a probably a machlekes rishonim, as the Rebbe brings on the bottom. Um, exactly what the issue was. If it would be considered that he's lacking clothes, because the kain gadol was only allowed to do as a baida with all eight things of clothes, and if he was missing the bells, any taka would be chayiv um, misa. But that would only be if he's actually doing the avaida. But if he's just um, going into the kaidish without actually doing the avaida, then he wouldn't be chayiv misa. I believe that might be lekuliyama. The question is, why is it that the, the jingling of the bells is important, is something which is necessary in order for the Kayin, Gadol, to come to the Kaydish? We know that with the guarding Hashem, Hashem is not in the tempest, rather, Hashem is with the hushed, still voice. This is a Pasuk by. Um, when 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 Moshe Rabbeinu asks, says, "See Hashem," Hashem replies, "You can't see my face and, and live. Rather, you can only see my back." And it says Hashem puts Moshe Rabbeinu into the cliff of the rock, and he tells him that with the tempest and all the different noises and sounds you're going to hear and see, Hashem is in, in none of the, these items. Hashem's with the hush still voice. And we see this even by the Kain Gadol himself, on Yom Kippur, when he went to the Kedush HaKadoshim, which is the holiest place, on the holiest day with the holiest person, it was actually without the golden bells, without the big days of, and therefore they obviously did not have them ill, which had the bells on it. And the Pashas, what we the reasoning is, because when you go into the Kedush HaKadoshim, that's where Hashem's presence is. And the, 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 the greatest revelation of Hashem's presence. And Hashem is specifically found where there's silence. Therefore, he didn't wear it. So the question is, why would it be that when he's doing sites for Yom Kippur during the rest of the year, and even on Yom Kippur itself, for parts of the that we know that he wore the golden uh, clothing, and for parts of it he wore the white clothing, why was it that he was wearing golden clothing, which is this idea of making noise, and that was something which was necessary to come to the Kaidish? The Chayra, all year round, it should have been called the Mamadaka, because that's really where Hashem is found in, in the quietness. In the stillness. So the Haram ban kasa b'tamadavar shahaba behicha melech pisaim chayb misa v'kol ha'pimoynim ha'me'in netil sashos l'ikonis l'asev b'avayt. So the Rambam writes a reason that coming into the melech suddenly uh, a person would be chayb misa. It's considered disrespectful. You have to, in a sense, announce yourself. So the, 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 the sound of the bells is, in a sense, asking rishos or getting rishos to go in and to do the avayda. And this of the Kain Gadol, if meaning is if the whole purpose of the bells was asking permission, so then even on Yom Kippur he should need it. At the, until this point in time, we were thinking that the, the bell was an integral part of the Veda itself, that the bells in a sense symbolized some type of a Veda that the Kain Gadol was doing in order to cause the Shekhinah's presence to rest. So the Ramban saying, no, it has nothing to do with causing Hashem's Shekhinah to rest. Rather, it's really just a preparation that you need to ask permission. So if it's just to ask permission, then even on Yom Kippur, you should have to ask uh, permission. Kol Shekim Kavachem, he's going to a much holier place. Umishum, so he answers that, uh, this actually isn't from the Ramban, this is from the Bachya. Umishum shabiyoyim ha-kippur amar ha-kadosh baruch hu esma lasim shal Yisrael. 
Adam Shashleach Shliach Ashuba. So he explains that on Yom Kippurim, the Yidin are in a very special uh, place in front of Hashem. The quality of the Yidin are revealed. Therefore, they don't need to have the Pamoinim to make themselves known. Like, uh, usually the idea of the bell is you're sending a shliach in front of you to let the, the king know that you're coming. Yom Kippur, we don't need that because we're on a very special, I guess we're like children, uh, like in front of Hashem. Actually, sometimes it says we're like, like malachim. Either way, because of the special mila that we have on Yom Kippur, we will not need uh, a shliach. The shliach would be sending of the, uh, the sounding of the noise. That's what the Pasuk, when it says, So Mepharshim explained that on Yom Kippur, we don't need the shliach, the shliach of the bells. Okay, so that's how they explain it. So Lafi appears, then Nimsa, Stam, before we go weiter, he just brings out uh, R18, that according to Rashi and Yuma, he actually says that the, the Katoiris that they brought in, that fire pan actually had a bell on it, and the bell would clap when he was going in, and the before want to say, what was the vart of Rashi? Well, Rashi says it himself, because since it says in but he's wearing white clothing, so there is no kailai. So according to Rashi, there was actually like a, this clapper uh, that was banging, this ring that was banging on, on the thing that you'd have it. But according to the, all, all the other Rashaim, there was no ring. So the question is, as we brought in the Fnim, why, why wasn't there, why not? If the whole purpose was, in a sense, just to uh, ask permission. Uh, so he said it's because of the mile of the Jewish people in Yom Kippur, they wouldn't need any permission to come in. So the fee pure zah, nimsa she'inyam v'nishma k'ilay shabba pa'moynim e'ni chelik menavayda al-rak agdama v'lachayin al So according to this idea, the idea of nishma k'ilay is really just, it's not a part of the vayda, it's rather just the preparation and ha'chana. Look at R24. So Barbanel gives an interesting shot. He says the idea of the bells was to remind the coin to start thinking about what he's doing and he's going in front of the king. So according to the Barbanel's shot, that the purpose was, um, in a sense, to get the person to think about where he is, that obviously would also only be at the at before the Avaida. While you're preparing, you're meditating about what you're going to do. But once you start the Avaida, you're doing it. The Ramban also gives another reason, the famous reason, it was to, in a sense to get to tell the the malachim. It says the malachim are in the kaidish, and, and there was kainim in the kaidish. So the purpose of the bell was to tell everybody to get out. That's only supposed to be the kain gadol uh, when he's doing the avoda in the kaidish. So according to that shot, also it would only be a preparation, but you wouldn't need to have the bells during the avoda itself. So Ibazai, there was going to ask if the whole purpose was just really as a preparation. Then why did the kain gadol have the bells on during the you know the whole day basically? Since every single detail regarding the Aved of Kain Gadol was the ultimate deal, especially this idea that it was an Aynish Misa, and especially this idea that the, that the Pamoinim made sound during the Aved itself, therefore it makes sense that the Nishma Kailai was not just a preparation, but was actually relevant to the Aved itself. As the Rebbe brings some uh, uh, some proofs for that, also on the bottom, not just that it's mistaba, but actual proofs of other Mepharshim uh, had explained it that way. Um, so therefore, the Rebbe is going to look for an idea how we see the, the purpose of the bells even during the Aveda itself. So 
The Kain Gadol did, did his Avaidah as a Shliach for Klal Yisrael. So the Pshad is that when he came into the Kaidish, he was carrying with him all of the Jewish people to the, to the Kaidish, to the Kaidish. So moving to Mavur Makam Mukaimis Barucha, Shavoidis Bali Chuva, Haba Mitzad Harichuk, Vetechanube, Richa Mnehara. So it's explained in many places that the avoid of the Balchuva comes from a feeling of distance. And therefore the toichen of the this feeling is running away. You're trying to desert where you are. You're disgusted where you are right now, and you're just trying to get away from it. So this is Nasis Mateich Rash. This is done with a tumult. This is like a person that's running away from a danger that he's screaming and it's with a powerful um, tempest. So this idea of tshuva, of, of running away from where you are at the particular moment, this is by every yid. Even those who do not have any averis v'achman al-tzlan, even by them, this have the feeling of sometimes that they they're not happy with who they are or where they are, and they're trying to want to run away. So why would a tzaddik feel that way? So he says, let's say he's a benini. So at the time that he thinks and he meditates how distant he is from Elokus, um, let's say, for example, because his nefesh, he still has a nefesh Bahamas, which is very strong within him. Even though he might not do any averis chas but nonetheless he has these desires, he has impulses, so that makes him a yash and something which is separated from Elokus. Or, even on a higher level, <clears throat> that he has a feeling of a metzius because of his nefesh kiss. He says, even the nefesh kiss, its entire desire is to connect to Hashem. But as the Tanya explains, that even a nefesh is something which is created and has an identity, so it's the neshama's desire that I want to become close to Hashem. This is the greatest thing to become close to Hashem. But soif soif, that comes because of his identity. This is something that he wants. It's not because of bittel. It's something that the tzaddik or the nefesh alakis wants. Therefore, it's actually explained in Tanya. That's the reason why even a tzaddik needs to do mitzvahs, because the mitzvah is the ratzon of Hashem. So when a tzaddik is doing uh, the ratzon of a mitzvah, at that moment, he's completely bottled because the mitzvah is completely, it is God's will. So when you're doing that mitzvah, you're completely consumed in the mitzvah that you're doing. So he's completely bottled to Hashem. Masha'en came when he's just, uh, he has feelings of love and fear. It's his feelings of love and fear. And therefore, it's not the ultimate level of bittel. So, therefore, he would be awakened with a powerful uh, tumult and a voice to get away from where he is. This is similar to the answer of the Baal Shem Tov, to those who questioned the meaning of the Chassidim to make uh, movements and to make loud noises during the evening. He says this is similar to someone who's drowning in the sea, that he makes all different types of movements and he's screaming with all of his power that someone should come to save him. And no one's going to laugh at him saying, why is he screaming? Why is he making these funny tenuas? It's because he's trying to save his life. So he says, similarly, someone who's davening, at that moment of davening, 
he feels how distant he is from Hashem, and he's trying to climb up where, where he is. He's trying to reach Hashem, and therefore he's jumping and he's screaming is because the, the, the pain uh, is real. And this is not a contradiction to what the Pasuk tells us, that Hashem is not in the tempest. The diik is, we know that in Chassidus there's two levels, there's, two, there's many names of Hashem, but Chassidus talks about the difference between the name Yudke Vavke and the name of Elikim. So Yudke Vavke is the, how a, is, a name is always the way how Hashem um, uh, reveals himself to others. The whole purpose of a name is really only for two individuals to be able to communicate. So we're talking about the name of Hashem. The names of Hashem is how Hashem communicates with the world. So in general, there's two, two ways. There's Yudke Vavke, which that is the way how Hashem communicates completely above the mitzvahs of this world. Um, that's why it's called the Shema Atzem. Miracles come from the idea of Yudke Vavke. This is how Hashem is you know, on His own. It's the revelation of Hashem, Kumoshihu. And then there's the name Elikim. Elikim is the contracted name of Hashem. Meaning is that's how Hashem contracts Himself and connects us as we are, as individuals. That's why Teva, nature, comes from Shem Elikim. Because Elikim is, is, is contracting the divine energy, what's coming to the world, and that has to fit according to the rules of nature. So when it says that Yudke Vavke is not, is not Barash, so why? What does it mean that Yudke Vavke will not be with uh, this loud noise? In order for a person to be a cleave for the name of a vine, which is higher than the world's, he needs to have a vayda of a kol a, 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 a quiet, hush-voiced, which that's the idea of a tachas Because remember, you're trying to reach something which is completely beyond the limitations of this world. So the only way to reach that which is completely beyond you is if you completely nullify yourself. If you still have your identity, even if it's identity, oh, I want to be connected to Hashem, I want to love Hashem, but that's your identity. You're not, and therefore your identity, which is limited, can never reach something which is completely unlimited. So the only way to have this connection to Hashem is called the Mamadak, when you have complete bittal, that your whole mitzvah, your whole identity, your yeshus, is put on the side, and all who you are is you're making yourself a conduit uh, to Hashem. And of course, each person is able to do that on a different level, and Hashem responds, Mida Kenega Mida. So a person's on a lower level, and he has his ultimate level of bittal. Hashem responds, and reveals to him Yud Kevavke relative to each person uh, as he is. But either way, that's the level of Avaya, and that's Taka with a level of complete Bittl, and therefore it's But when the Avaya is still connected from running away from Yashu Samitsias, meaning is you, you're part of this world, you feel uh, how lowly you are and how much. How distance you are from Hashem and how much uh, more you have to do, you're reaching the, really the level of Akim. Because again, the level of Akim is the idea of limitations. You're, you're feeling who you are. You're feeling the limitations of this world. And what you're trying to do is that within the limitations of this world, you're trying to run away from it. Then, uh, since you're connected to the name of an Akim, which gives place to your Metzias, this Avaida is done with the tumult. You're, you're trying to, in a sense, like almost like a fire, trying to burn where you are. You're trying to get rid of where you are in order to be able to rise, rise higher. So therefore, Enachinami, Yudke Vavke is not a Rash. When we're talking about the name of Akim, that Taka is with a Rash. And when a person is on the level of a Baal Tshuva and he's 
feels himself distant from Hashem, that itself means that there is an identity over there and he's working to uh, run away from it. This is the reason why the Aveda of the Kaingadal during the whole year was in a way that the, the voice was heard. The reasoning why was with the noise because during the rest of the year he's bringing with them all the Bnei Yisrael, even those whose their Seder Aveda is taka with the Kol Rash. And this is hinted from the, the fact that the Paimonim were at the hem of the Me'il. Because the idea of Nishma Koyle is connected to the lower Medregas. Medregas the lower Medregas, which are, the, are within the Yidin, that the Avait is Bitsad Richok. And as we said earlier, it doesn't mean that the Bnei Yisrael themselves are lowly Chasrashalim. It means that that's where their feeling comes from. That even if you're a Tzadik, but you feel distance and you feel low, and you're what you're trying to do is you're trying to run away from where you are. So the sound comes from the feeling of that you're on the, on the bottom and, and, and that you need to rise up. And therefore also the bells are at the bottom symbolizing that Aveda. Therefore, therefore there is this warning that he, the, the, the sound will be heard when he comes to the Kaitches and then he won't die. Because the the, the, the life of the Kain Gadol is dependent on this Avaida. He says, when he does not desire to, to include within his Avaida these Yidin who are on the level of the hem of the Me'il, those who need, there needs to be a sound, even if he has good reasons. He wants to involved himself and work in the Avaida of a much higher Avaida. He wants to connect the Shema Vaya. He wants to connect it, the Kol Dama But nonetheless, that's not what he's supposed to be doing. What happens is his whole Metzius and his whole Avaida becomes a bottle. Because the Shlemus of Klal Yisrael is dependent that their Avaida is Koilo all 600,000 Yidin, from the heads of the tribes to the woodchoppers and the water drawers. But this is true only about the Aved of the Kain Gadol during the rest of the year. He says this is during the rest of the year when his avoda was only into the Kaidish. Because in the level of Kaidish, that's like the uh, Heichal, there there's many different levels of the Eden. There's the heads and then there's the woodchoppers. Therefore, the avoda need to be done with Rash, Nishma Rash. But on Yom HaKippur, the Aved of the Kain Gadol within the Kaidish Kadashim is without any Rash. Because we know that on Yom Kippur, all Yidin are like Malachim. There is this essential connection uh, is, is, of, of the Yidin with Hashem is revealed. 
He says, therefore, since every single yid, even those who are shy to the level of the hem of the ill, they're standing with the ultimate level of closeness and unity with the Shem. Therefore, when they come into the Kaidush HaKadoshim, and when they through the Kain Gadol, because remember, the Kain Gadol represents all the Jewish people, so at that moment of time, all the Jewish people are like Malachim, they're completely unified with Hashem. So they're not someone who's far and distant from Hashem, and he's trying to make himself feel closer. Rather, they're holding at the tachlis of the level of bittel. So the avodiv yom kippel called the mandadaka. Therefore, when the kain gadol goes into the kodesh hakadoshim, it's taka with uh, quietness, and that's interesting because people, the way how Hasidus looks at yom kippur is very different than how we look at it uh, superficially. Superficially, it looks like it's a very scary day, and the person's looking at all his averes that he does, and how far he is from Hashem, and he's begging Hashem for for tshuva. But the truth is. Uh, how it looks like from the Gemara and also from Chassidus, the into- uh, essence of Yom Kippur is Hashem is going to forgive you. We know the essence of the day is going to forgive you. That's the day when your neshama is revealed. The whole purpose of Yom Kippur is that you're reconnecting with Hashem. And therefore, since you're reconnecting with Hashem, Hashem automatically forgives all of your uh, verse. The only thing is, you need to accept it upon yourself that you want to take Hashem's uh, reunion with you. The verse, meaning is when you have a verse, and you want to continue doing it, you're basically saying, I don't want to unite with Hashem. Hashem wants to unite with you, and He gives you this day that He automatically makes you united. The only thing is that if you don't do tshuva, and you plan on continuing your past ways, you're basically saying that you don't want to be connected. But as soon as you say that you want to be connected, to whatever degree that you're able to do that, automatically the day uh, forgives you. Because that is what the day is really about. It's the day is... Just revealing what the what the nefesh of the kiss is and your connection to Hashem. Okay, so just just to recap again, what we said so far on the sicha, we brought uh, the, the two questions at the beginning. Question number one is why uh, does the Ramban say that apple golden apples are more beautiful than pomegranates, and so and why does Rashi choose pomegranates if it's just for lenoi? And the second question was. Why taka by the menoyer was it with golden apples? Mashenkein the meil was with the blue uh, pomegranates. So we started getting into this idea that the koyen gadol. Uh, we asked about v'nishma koyle. What was the purpose of the bells? That was in order v'nishma koyle. And we brought the pirush of the Ramban that it's a preparation that before the koyen gadol would go in, there needs to be the sound, as because it's because it's in a sense taking asking permission for Hashem to do your avoda. But we discussed that there's a second approach to Venishma Kailai, and that is that it's in a part of the entire Aveda, that during the entire Aveda of the Kain Gadol, there needs to be sound. And we explained that there's two types of Aveda uh, of the Kain Gadol, of every Yid, really. One type is Barash Gadol, with a lot of sounds, and this is the idea that you feel distance from Hashem, and you're not happy with where you are. It's like a burning a fire, that it comes with noise, and it comes with, uh, you know, the more coarse the material, the more powerful is the flame, and the more loud is the noise, and the more smoke there is. The more pure the material, um, then actually the, the, the flame is much more pure. So with Barash Gadol, it's not so pure. It's very far away, and therefore comes with a rash and with noise. So during the most of the year, the Kain Gadol, who represents all the Jewish people, has to bring everybody inside, 
and therefore he has to do the Avaidah Barash Gadol. But Yom Kippur, he reaches the second level of Avaidah, which we said is the Koldama Madaka. That's the idea of Yudke Vavke, which is Tachlis Abitl. And so therefore, since every single Yid is Betachlis Abitl at that moment of time, you don't need the bells. So this is, again, a way of explaining how the bells are Shaykh to the entire Avaidah, um, and that is, as we just explained. So that explains how the uh, the Nishma Kailai, according to the Ramban, is really just a preparation. But the second way of looking, which is more Rashi, is how that's how the Guru Arya is learning, that it's part of the entire Aveda. So if it's part of Tyre Aveda, it's because he's representing all the Jewish people, even those who are distanced from Hashem, and he's bringing them in with them. And therefore, it comes with a lot of noise. And based on this idea that this Aveda, according to Rashi, is the Aveda of the simple people, or even the Tzaddikim, but they feel distant from Hashem, now we can understand why it's pomegranates and not bells. Now we can understand the difference by according to the Ramban, that if it's for beauty, you should have made them golden apples, while according to Shittas Rashi, there should be pomegranates. The Gemara in many places, the Eden are compared to the apple and also to the Rima. Um, they're compared to an apple... Um, Mesecha Shabbos brings down that when the Yidin were Makabal the Torah, they first said Nasa Lanishma, and they says that's similar to the apple tree where the leaves, or the Tapuach tree, where the leaves come before the fruit. Uh, just to point out, Taisus over there actually says Tapuach Pali over there means the Esri, because the Esri tree, the, the, the leaves come before uh, the fruit. Why he says the apple tree, that's not true, because the apples do come first. But either way, ever way you're going to translate Tapuach, the Yidin are definitely compared to Tepuach, and it's because the leaves come before the fruit, which similar to the Yidin, that, uh, not the leaves come before the fruit, sorry, the fruit come before the leaves. Usually leaves come first, and then there's the fruit. But by the Yidin, the fruit, which is the mitzvahs, come before the Nishma. And then there's, there's the Indian of the Rimoin, as we're going to explain. The idea of the Tepuch is how the Yidin are on the highest level. As I just explained, how they are at Nas Nishma, right before Matan Tayroh. He says, while Rimoin goes are the Yidin who are on a lower level. As the Pasuk in Shir says, like the splitting of the Rimoin is your cheeks, meaning is that you're, like the Rimoin is very red, Pasuk Shad is, similar your cheeks are very red. But the Chazal Talas, Rekasecha means Rekanashubacha, that even the empty ones are like the Rimoin. But they're full of mitzvahs and kedusha, as the Chazal tell us over there, that even those who are empty, the empty ones, they are filled like mitzvahs, like the Rimoin. So when it compares them to the Rima, we're saying is that even those Jews that aren't on the highest level, but what are they filled with? What is their essence? Their essence is a toivin kedusha. Alkain, the Pirish Rashi, Pshutish Mikra, the Hainuk Bisha Yisrael, Nirm Bapashas, Vichatsenius, Hini Yehudim Elish, Vishulahim, Il Nirm Badagas, Rikan. Therefore, according to Rashi, he's Pshutish Mikra. Pshutish Mikra is how you look at things simply, how you look at things externally. He says, even if you look at a Yid externally, not looking at his Neshama and all the high levels that he has, you look at a Yid, and you even look at a Yid that's on the Shulay Hamil, at the bottom, the hem of the, the Ma'il, and he looks like he's a Darga of someone who's empty. He says, therefore, since the Kohen Gadol brought every single Yid 
into the Kodesh with him. Therefore, you needed to have pomegranates because the pomegranates are representing these Yidin that are on the lower level that they're called the empty ones. To show that the empty ones, and the Rebbe says even more than that, even those, according to some explained economy, are not just those that are empty from uh, uh, learning, but they say that they're empty even, that they're includes within that term, even Paisha Yisrael, even they went into the, the uh, Kodesh with the Kaingalal. And more than that, they're, they're symbolized as Malay Mitzvah Skrimon, because even these individuals, which are representing the Rekonim, when you brought them in, you saw their beauty. What was the beauty? Like, even this individual that has, you know, these and these Taivas, and he has these and these issues, what is he filled with? What is, you know, 99% of a Yid is, um, is oh, he, he does good things. I, I guess that's, even on a simple level, a very powerful lesson. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we look at the one or two things or three things that we've done wrong or, or we wish we can improve. We don't realize that 99% of our day is filled with uh, good and healthy practices. And taking care of family, uh, supporting your family, whatever learning a person does, going to davening, helping out other people. If you look at our day, we'd see that the majority of the day, the vast majority of our day, is actually very constructive and good things that we do. That's, that's even on a simple level. Pirsha Rambam is not just the simple pshat, but he writes in his Hagdama that he brings beautiful things. Those of the for those who know Kabbalah. So he brings many esoteric ideas into the um, into his pshat. With that, so therefore he stresses the inner, the penimius of the yid. And therefore, that every single yid doesn't even have a connection to chet. Every single yid is be'etzam at tzadik. So if you look at the penimius of the yid, if he does anything wrong, that's very external to him. That's not who he is. What he truly is, if you got rid of all the shmutz, is, is just a person that wants to connect to Hashem. Yes, there's taivas and things that sometimes get in the way, but that's not really what he wants. And, and moments of truth, all these shtusim just fall apart and you're able to see what, what he really is. So Therefore, according to the Ramban, the Inyan of Nishma Kaila is just a preparation for the Kaingalu. The Vaida of the Kaingalu happens afterwards. It's not an Inyan of the Vaida itself. He says, so when the Ramban, he says, the whole idea of listening to the sound, that was all a preparation. And as we explained earlier, the reason that the preparation was either uh, to, to ask permission from Hashem, or as we said, it's like in a sense to meditate about you know where you're going and you're about to step into Hashem's heichal we brought from the Barbanel, or is to chase away the Malachim. But the idea is it's just a preparation because when you actually are doing the Avaida, the Yid is on the level of a tzaddik. There's no bells, it's quiet, it's a cold Mamadaka. And that's his question, he says, that according to Rashi, that the purpose of these bells, sorry, of the pomegranates for, for, for beauty, then it should have been golden apples. He says, if the purpose of the pomegranates wasn't for, you know, as a covert for the bells, but rather was just to express the mila and the beauty of the yid, then it should have expressed their greatest smile, that the, the essence of a yid is, 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 is a golden apple. Not, not the Indian that he's like a rimon, but he's a rimon that's, which is filled of mitzvahs. No, should have brought the idea of the, of the primis of the yid. Therefore, he says, according to the Ramban, the 
but why, so why does, according to Rahman, why Taka isn't, why aren't there any golden apples on the male? Because he holds that the purpose of the pomegranates wasn't Lenoi, because if it was a Lenoi, it would have been golden apples. Rather, he says the purpose was as a cover. So you're not going to make a cover out of uh, a golden uh, apple. Rather, what you'd use, you'd use these blue turquoise, this turquoise wool, which surrounded the bell, so it had a particular uh, purpose. So it wasn't for beauty, it was for the purpose. Uh, of what uh, uh, it was for the purpose of that it was able to cover the um, bells. Similarly, by the Menorah, that the seven candles of the Menorah are show on the seven different levels of the Jewish people, seven different ways of Oivde Hashem. Therefore, on the candles, it was Tapuchim Take. Since, since the Menorah was taka for beauty, therefore it made sense that on the Menorah it was tapuchim. And even according to Rashi, the idea of the Menorah was expressing the essence of a Yid, and therefore it was apples. Look at our just two, I think, important points, R46. So we said in the beginning that according to the Ramban, the whole purpose of the sound was just a Hachana. So the Shaila, though, is that if the whole purpose for Hachana, like why was there noise? during the entire Avedah. So I guess that'd be, you know, you give Balabatish, you can answer. It's like you needed it for the beginning, but you're not going to take the bells off and on every single time. And then when he comes into the Kaidish, you take it off, he comes back in. Uh, sorry, he comes into the Kaidish, he, he puts it on, he goes out, he takes it off. You know, rather, you kept it on the whole time. That's very Balabatish. But the Rebbe gives it a deeper shot. 46. And even though there was, there was a Nishma Kaila which happened in the middle of the Avedah, for example, let's say he's walking with the blood and he's taking the blood, we can say that it was the sound that you're hearing by the Hailacha wasn't for the Hailacha itself, because the Hailacha itself was called the Mamadaka. That was the purpose of the bells, was actually to prepare for the next Avaida. So every Avaida that he did, besides for doing the Avaida of Koldama Mamadaka for that one, there's also a preparation uh, for the next Avaida. Okay, so according to this, we, we would have to say that. The, the, this idea of uh, uh, asking Hashem for permission wasn't only in the Avedis that were happening in the Kaidish, it would actually happen anywhere in the Beis Amikdash, because the Hailaka and the Zrika Zadam actually happened in the Chatzar. And especially according to the Barbanel, that it was an idea of uh, meditation. So part of when you're doing one Avedis and you're working on it, there was a certain preparation that you had to have already for the next Avedis. Okay, Ha'ar 48. And the Ramban will hold it for sure. You shouldn't have made it empty um, pomegranates because the whole purpose, according to Rashi, is that they're filled with mitzvahs like rimoin. Showing empty ones, it's really expressing more the rake, the empty uh, part of it. So that makes sense. According to Rashi, the whole point is to say every single year, even the Pesha Yisrael are included. Therefore, it makes sense that it's hollow. That even those who look completely hollow, even they're Malay mitzvahs commitment. But according to the Rabban, that you're trying to more express the Maila. That it should have been a full arima, it should have been plugged up because that shows up, it expresses the maila of the Malay Mitzvah's Kareemite. Now we can understand why the Ramban said golden apples. And he adds the word apples. Meaning is, why didn't you just say blue apples? Or why didn't you just say apples? Like you could have made pomegranates instead. You should, if it was for noise, it should have been apples. Why does he keep on stressing that it should have been golden apples? Maybe it should have been turquoise apples instead of turquoise. And this is the So he says the reason why 
uh, he mentioned it is not just because uh, he, like, there's a Pasuk in Mishle about Tepuch Ezov and he's just quoting the Pasuk. It's a Deichik to say that. Rather, the real reason is because that stresses the mile of the Bnei Yisrael. He says, if the purpose was for Noya, the purpose is to, to, to express the mile of the Yisrael, then Taka should have been golden apples, not uh, turquoise uh, pomegranates. Fine. So that explains all those uh, questions. Why Rashid specifically does uh, the Rimoin Lenoi, why Ramban does the Apples Lenoi, and also why every Lekulei Alman, the Menoi, was Dafka of golden apples. Sivzai. Amnon Apple Pisha Bapashtis of Chatsanius. Havaida, but even shall Nishmakaile. Pusa Bamalasam in Havaida, but called him on the Dakis, is even though if you look at Pashtis and externally, it looks like the Havaida of Nishmakaile is on a lower level than called him on the Daka. Beholzais Yeshba, Bavaida, Barash, Maila Gambiakas, Lavaida Bitta. But the truth is, he says, there is a Maila in it, in the Havaida of Rash, even relative to the Havaida of Bitta. Havaida the called him on the Daka, he bagbala. He says, the Avedah of the still, quiet voice is limited. This is true. The person is in a complete bitl tashem, but it's a, in a way that the or is in the kli. It's a way of very settled. The person is very calm, very settled. Uh, there's no fire. There's no passion because there is no identity. Uh, there's no identity, as, as we're explaining. He's putting himself completely to the side and he's staying a bitl, like like a student in front of his rebbe, where he's just trying to mimakabel what the rebbe is trying to say. He's putting himself completely to the side, so there's no energy there. The energy is actually completely always coming from the mashpia. The makabel is um, is battle. He says, The person's leaving his kalim. He's not happy with where he was. He's trying to burn his way out. He's trying to jump out of it. He, 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 he cannot contain his excitement. Therefore, he's screaming with noises. This is one of the reasons why the Bali place of the Bali Tshuva is greater than the Tzadik. It says that the Tzadik can't even stand in the place of the Bali Tshuva because the Rash, this energy that the Vaidu that Tshuva has, it reveals the Bleakvul of the Neshama. This, this, the Bleakvul that you're seeing over here is that you're able to change who you are. The one who's already bottled, he's not changing who he is. I mean, once he's already bottled, probably to reach that, you have to do a lot of changes. But once you're already at that level of complete bittle and tzias, you're, as the Rebbe says, you're like the light within the Kli, everything fits. There's a peacefulness to it. That's who you are. The aura of Hashem and you who are the Kli, there is, it fits. There's a, you're a proper conduit for that, for that light. Masha'en came by the Baal Tshuva, he's not. So he has to awaken within him this believable kayak, which was within his neshama, to break out of the limitations of this world. Because it's like a miracle in a sense. We are limited. We have our uh, capabilities and our limitations. So how do we break out of that? It's only through a believable kayak, and that's the mile of the Balchuva. And according to this, we can understand even a greater way what Rashi is trying to tell us. That the Ramban is looking at the panemius of the Yid. He's looking at the mile of Bitl Metzias, the mile of Kodma Badaka. While Rashi, in addition to what we said earlier, that the Kohen Gadol has to bring in every single Yid, so therefore he dafka need to be remind him, because we have to bring in the, uh, that type of Yid. They were saying even deeper, it's not just because we have to bring in that type of Yid. According to Rashi, it's Takab more beautiful. The Remainim 
is actually more beautiful than the golden apples because the golden apples is a limited type of avayda, while this is the avayda of the balchuva, which is bleakable. So again, it's not just to bring in and have every single yid included in the avayda. It's more than that. This talk expresses the beauty of the Jewish people. Now we have a beautiful lesson for our generation. He says, true, that because of, there's many people who give this tainan, and they say, it's true that because of the lowliness of our generation, we have to work in spreading Torah and, and strengthening Yiddishkeit. Rather, um, you can't stay in the yeshiva within the Dalad Amas, even the Dalad Amas of Taira, and wait for others to come to you and ask you to teach them Taira. Rather, you have to go out. You have to find these Yidin that were pushed away and make them into Balachuva. But why do you have to do this with Kalamash Gadol? Go out, you know, and uh, ask people nicely, like, why are you making such uh, billboards and uh, advertisements and asking Yidin in the street? Uh, this Sicha, from what I understand, was actually said about the mitzvah tanks. When they first came out the mitzvah tank, the Rebbe gave you this Sicha and it was explained the mile of the mitzvah tanks, that the mitzvah tanks that are, you know, make a big rash. Everyone sees these big tents with uh, posters on it and music coming out of it. Why? And why do you need to go out to the Rukhaif and have these speaker phones announcing loudly that the Yidin should come put on tefillin? And that they should, uh, put, uh, they should put mezuzahs on the doors and they should get staka and similar ideas. We don't find that the previous generations worked with such loudness, with such stress in the prior generations. If you call us a man should say pasakha saita after lirash anu ibn atabadar the ikfa samashikha badarga hayusa taqtayna shulluhan il he says according to the signs at the end of sakha saita where it talks about how will you know that you're in the dar the ikfa samashikha so according to all those signs it's clear that we are in that generation we are on the lowest level we are the level of shulluhan il walkin yishladas shulluhan il tsrihunis hapamaina so we need to know that on the shulluhan il there needs to be bells we need to know that bringing this type of Yidin into the Kaidish, is established in a way of Nishma How do you get these Yidin in? It's specifically through the Nishma If you don't have the Nishma there's you don't have that energy that's required to pull them in, as we said. You need a Nishma to break through the boundaries. So, similarly, in our generation, we have. The ikvas of Meshicha, the only way to reach these Yidin is with this powerful, believable energy of Anishma Kaili. He's on the contrary, it's not like we have no choice. He says, on the contrary, he says, that's the Tachlis Eloi. When you're able to have Rash, that means that you have this believable Avaida and it's able to uh, bring you very close to Hashem. Siftaf, in your is another idea. He says, when you see that those who go against what Hashem wants, uh, as he says, that the sound of the multitude of the Romans, all the inyanim of the opposite of Kedusha, they're not done privately. Rather, things of opposite of Kedusha are done loudly, they're done publicly and with a lot of noise. 
אז היה דרך לבנפלס רוח הצערה של סטרה אחר במינה וקדוגמסה, מיני ובי אבא לשעדה בן ארגה. היא אומרת, the way to battle the רוח צערה of the סטרה אחר is with its kind. As it says that from it itself, from the fort itself, comes the handle of the axe. Meaning is that in order to cut down the, the, the tree, you need to have the handle that comes from it itself. So similarly, by Kalipas, the way for us to fight it is we need to really understand what it is and, and you, use itself against, use it against itself. Meaning is that our way that needs to be of the Eitzir Tzayna needs to be in a way of Nishma Kaila and specifically in the place where you do have the Kol HaMayna Shoraymi. And through this we will come to the scheme of this, that if those who go against Hashem's Ratzon, they have such success, so those who are going, doing Hashem's Ratzon, for sure they'll have much, much greater success. And then the Yidin will dwell peacefully, on their land with security and through this and through this we'll have the Indian of Yitok B'Shay for Godel again a loud noise and then we'll have Kol Mavas Mavas the sound will announce the announce and they'll say that it's time Mavas that, that it's the time of the rule has come the curve Mamish